Greetings and salutations, fans of the Any Gamers Book Club. We are back once again with another review of a light novel. I am uh, Unaki. You know me, I imagine. Um, and if you don't, hey, hi, it's me. Um, and with me, as always, is the the punctuation, the spaces, the commas, the full stops. Without which, I would be a meaningless jumble of incoherent symbols. It's my main man, David Estrella. The whole damn story. It's me, David, at sign QX20XX on Twitter. My account is locked. I will be resuming posting, though. I have, like, I started a new job. I started a new job, so I'm kind of waiting to, like, get that locked in and then just, like, (laughs) resume being fucking weird online. (laughs) I don't want to give him any excuse to, like, just think, like, oh, we don't want this guy. (laughs) Uh, that is completely understandable, and I encourage yeah. both your roadmap back to tweeting, uh, as well as doing things that keep you employed. Both of those yes. things sound really good. Yep. David Strau. What's up? What light novel did we read for the fine people listening to this? We read She Professed Herself Pupil of the Wise Man, Volume 1, by Risen Hirotsugu. Um, I have exciting news for <laughs> anybody that's been following this podcast from the very beginning. Um, I think we've found our new Grimgar. <laughs> uh, oh, all right, so a little wow. warning, a little yeah. warning, a little warning, a, a, just a tiny, tiny, like, disclaimer. Um, if you wrote this book, log off right now, because it's oh, about to get real messy. Yeah, yeah, this was a, this was a rough one. This was not not this is my favorite. Fault. Um, this was my fault. <laughs> I really <laughs> stepped into it this time. <laughs> um, so before before we get into it, she professed herself the pupil to the wise man is um like a hybrid, it's like a VR MMO sword art online style that then becomes real and there's a a time skip. What's what's it about? Help me help help me put this into words a bit better. So I guess like one of like the top point zero one percent of players of this um, MMO, which is called Arc Earth Online. It's very like not that distance from Sword Art Online. Mm. Also very on the nose as to what like the mystery is. So basically, like one of the top top players ha- like does a little bit of mischief. They have one of those items that lets you change your character appearance, which includes like you know gender and race and all that. And then they zonk out for like a nap, and when they reawaken, they find themselves in the game for reals. But now, instead of being a like really ancient and grizzled wizard, they are a little girl. Boy, and howdy, they ever. That is the concept, yeah. And now it's real. It went from being a video game to being real life, and now now they're stuck as a girl forever. In, like, the least exciting way, too, right? Like, you just take a nap, and then mm. you're in the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, like, no lead-up to anything. Like, even, like, at least, like, Sword Art Online, when they did it, it was like, uh... Like, there was, like, an admin message that everybody received in the middle of playing the game saying, like, you're all fucked now because yeah. we're taking away your logout button. Uh, this was just like, okay, I'm a, I'm a little girl now. I guess I'll just take a nap as little girls are wont to do. 
and then 30 years later. Yeah, um, <sighs> the, the game initially is kind of like, it's described as kind of a cross between a generic fantasy MMO and like something like EVE Online that's very player created. They keep going on about how it, it's very systems heavy. It's it's a very systemized Gamers game. Gamers love where systems. You can, there's, there's a line where they say something like, literally anything possible in real life is possible in this game. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. I've thought a lot about, if you watch the Wusmall Bean video game stream that we do, I talk about like very systems heavy games when we play Megaten and or, or you know, something like the Stanley Parable, which is about freedom of choice in video games and and the ability to do absolutely anything conceivable within the game uh and i it, it was just such a weird thing for them to say the absolute apotheosis of video games is something that's systemized to the point where everything possible in real life is possible in the game but i suppose that sets up the fact that this generic fantasy rpg later becomes real yeah it's also there's like one detail which was kind of brushed over like this is set in the future like a hundred years from now but you don't really get the feeling for anything as you're reading like you it just it feels like it's just happening right now as opposed to like 2100 or whatever year it was it very much does feel like it, it happened like this week yeah honestly the, I, the feel that i got for the video game is really just bethesda like they Bethesda-fied almost <laughs> everything about wow. it, where it's like Bethesda's really big on like, you can do anything in the game. And then the stunning conclusion of Pupil is there's a spell that lets you turn things into items that you can pick up because not everything in the video game world is an item. So they do the most Bethesda thing where it's like, you can pick up a pen and put it in your inventory. And then the book was over. This one, like, nothing of consequence <laughs> happened. It was so weird. Like, it's so it's detailed. It describes... Book. Yeah. Such a, yeah. It describes like, so many things in such enormous detail, and nothing happens. Nothing happens. Like, I, I was sold, I suppose, just, like, on the cover and, and the concept. I honestly thought they were going to get into more, like... Um, I don't know like scummy activities i don't i don't know I, I don't know what i was expecting and then like it just kind of ended up being weird like there's the pacing is just so off throughout most events that go down they just feel like the main character is interacting with just video game npcs to the point where it's like it's, it's the sort of thing where if i was seeing this in an rpg i'm just like clicking through all the dialogue so that i can get to the part of the dialogue that i haven't seen a million times before and it's like it's refreshed into new key terms that i need to progress in the story but even when i get those key ter terms i think to myself like okay i'm just gonna skip through this because now i know where the game wants me to quick travel to so i can just like kill a bunch of things over there and then get to the next bit of story that i have to just skip through because it's like it's just it's so there's like not a single shred of like anything original in here it's such a waste it's such a waste of having your main character turn into a little girl like a little anime girl right that's why i told the author log off like i don't know how big this this podcast is gonna get on this episode but if it gets big enough that like suddenly we've got uh light novel authors listening in just being like oh i wonder what the i wonder what the book club's got to say about my book I gotta cover my bases. I gotta cover my bases. Uh, I will say to Ryu-san, if you are listening, 
this is this is like here how do i put this delicately uh you, you can't put this delicately. the worst book we've read this is on the podcast <laughs> no no let me let me finish this is like this is egg fiction right this is this is absolutely a story written by someone with some some gender feelings you know it's like oh no what if i was accidentally turned into a girl and i turned into my absolute perfect woman of the kind that i am attracted to and everyone in my life all the women immediately started taking care of me and inducting me into their ways and everyone i know was really happy to see me and love me and and support me and when i showed up as a girl they were just like that's lovely i love that for you wouldn't that be fantastic i just think that that's a really interesting concept and if if someone came to me and showed me this story my immediate reaction to it would be is there something you want to talk about like is there there's something you want to tell uh-huh. me or have you already told me by showing me this story it's this this is uh-huh. like for all of the negative things about it the powerful powerful yearning like the the transgender energy emanating off of it i i really did want to like this because i got such a such a vibe from it you know maybe that puts things into perspective where it's like the writing is so safe and tame mm. throughout. There's like almost no sense of danger whatsoever. Now I'm thinking like, okay, what if the author is just protecting their character? Still, that doesn't make for a good book, like as a piece of fiction. Well, it does the classic light novel thing where they're like, oh no, the powerful enemies are here. What are we going to do? And then they just kill them immediately. With, with They're just so <laughs> overpowered that like they're, they're kind of like a mirror- uh, is the name of the, the the character who used to be a grizzled old man avatar in game and now is a real life flesh girl she's just kind of like mm-hmm. summons her her black knights to fight the enemy and like checks her phone and shit yeah eats hot chip yeah. lies <laughs> literally does like a lot of lying uh. throughout and then everybody is just kind of like oh that's that's cool um do you want to go meet the king mm. like right away it's like it's like a dragon quest thing where like you get sh- like shaken awake by like your parents and then told like okay today's the day that you meet the king and set off on your journey no yeah no build up no setup really <laughs> There's like a cabal of really powerful players who controlled most of the things in the game before it became real, of which Mira is one, and 30 years of time have passed, so she has to catch up on all of the changes in this world. But because uh, the the like grizzled old man wizard transformed into a little girl, everyone's like, "Where's where's Dan Balf? Where's Dan yeah, Balf. really subtle name by the way, yeah, Dan Balf." Dan Balf Gandador. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, named after the two bravest people that the <laughs> like I guess yeah. player character ever knew. Yeah, uh, from media <laughs> basically just gandalf right like it's Ga- i'm gonna i'm gonna start saying gandalf so i don't trip over my words everyone's like where's gandalf where did gandalf go and mira's like i don't know well um and they they decide that they're just gonna keep it a secret so that's that's the the meaning of the title is mira is actually gandalf but she's pretending to everyone that gandalf is like away and she's his pupil it's a real kind of lieutenant kj situation where everyone uh, everyone's like so how's gandalf and she's like oh yeah he's good and they're like cool all right i'm not gonna (laughs) investigate this further (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, Gandalf's definitely not, you know, hidden underneath the floorboards or anything. You're definitely Gandalf's apprentice. Like, two days of time pass in this as well. It's very accelerated. Yeah. They start doing the thing uh, in, like, you know, in Sword Art Online where they're like, God, we've been doing this for so many years now. I wonder how the, the outside world has changed. But it's only been two days for Mira. <laughs> <laughs> Like, more time has passed in between us recording the last podcast and now than passes in the course of this novel. And who knows, like, how different, like, time in the video game is compared to time in real life. Maybe there will be a scene where everybody awakens, right? They beat the game at the end. And, like, volume three is like, oh, now that the game is over, I'm depressed because it was such a good experience to be in the video game. Yeah, my idea is that because it it's called like Arc Earth Online or whatever, it's it's like a um the planet was dying or whatever. It's like a homeworld situation. They had to save all of these people because they were the last mm. vestiges of humanity or whatever. But even if that isn't true, it's just it's it's just not that interesting. Get compressed into like a zip file on like some moon computer. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, like I guess, I don't know, like quick breakdown of literally everything that happens in the book. <laughs> um Mira meets a bunch of knights who are having a real hard time contending with like the local monsters and that's confusing because of course, you know, on top of being a little girl now, it seems like there wasn't much of an issue with monsters in the past, like 30 years ago, but now things are really kicking into high gear. So there's like, there's this guy whose name I've already forgotten that Mira has a conversation with. And now like suddenly he's like Mira's chaperone now, just conveniently always around, right? Are you talking about Solomon the King? No, no, the um the guy who's really bad at driving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing, is it suckers you in with pseudo-medieval fantasy and it ends up being a military otaku novel. Hate that shit. Hate it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, I yeah. Don't like, <laughs> I don't like firearms. I don't care that it's... You, like, if you think it's boring that fantasy characters have to travel from place to place, like, on foot or in a horse and cart, if you think that that's boring and shitty, don't write a fantasy story. <laughs> Suddenly there are... There's just, like, uh, Final Fantasy fifteen cars Yeah. In, uh in the fantasy world yeah that run on crystals <laughs> they're all equipped with cannons yeah there's like um, fire oh you know and like the, the cannons are like powered by magical rocks uh and this is like the this is where i got the, like the bethesda elder scrolls vibe from because there's like a crystal in elder scrolls that you infuse with like the soul of like little rats and creatures yeah like a soul uh, gem like, yeah a soul gem so why everybody ends up being so happy that gandalf Mira is back or like has appeared for the first time is that they haven't been able to like find anybody who's good enough to make like the the magic rocks so the magic rocks now like we're supposed to be like really impressed that there's like (laughs) there's like this scene where Mira has to just make a magic rock just make it and then everybody's like oh oh this is so Oh, this changes everything because like everybody else sucks so bad at making the magic rocks that it takes like the takes the months. And of course, because Mira is, you know, 
top 0.0001% of all players, Mira can make a rock in like a few seconds. But it has all of the dramatic tension of opening up your inventory in a video game and combining some shit yeah. for like 15 minutes. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, God, yeah. all right. I've been putting this <laughs> off. I have to do this now. Yeah, just like a couple of menu presses. They spend a good amount of time just talking about the menu, right? Because there's a menu in the game that the players can access, but some options are taken away. Uh, some options have been moved around in a patch. You know, that patch that made everybody sleep for like 30 years. Well, only Mirror slept for 30 years. For whatever unexplained reason, other players were waking up earlier. So there's like, it's a bit staggered. Like King Solomon was awake for like, I don't know, 20 years now at, at this point. He was awake the whole time, and some. Of oh, the, he was awake the whole time. Yeah, some of the other Luminaria player characters have Big Titty Onesan. Big Titty Onesan, yeah. Big Titty Onesan, yeah. So it's like not not really like a, any compelling reason why players have been waking up in I guess turns over many years. But anyway, Mira is here. Mira can make magic rocks, and just in time because it looks like there's something going on with the monsters the demons i'm not really sure like that there's there's a villain around there's like some sort of evil force looming but there's like no name or face that can be attached to it it almost seems like this arc thing this arc earth online thing when it was starting out it was like still a beta like they haven't even like fleshed out the plot or anything of it it kind of plays out like just this free roam minecraft sort of thing where it's like okay you're in this world do something people yeah or like something like eve online where a lot of the things that happen in the game or almost all of the things that happen in the game are player controlled right yeah like for some reason like players just decide to form nations and subject other players to like capitalism and, and things like that which is like not the reason why i would log into the game but you know to each their own i suppose yeah i i it, it's kind of a minor point but i question whether or not this game was fun in in the first place and that's always the challenge <laughs> with this kind of light novel right is you have to convince the audience that like the video game that sucked everyone in was the greatest thing since sliced bread instead like it almost reads like one of those like boomer pc games where it's like really really difficult to get into but it has like ten thousand people in the world who would die for this game right with like just the intensity one of those really systems heavy 90s games like the original system shock or daggerfall or something <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think there's like a line in there where Mira is reflecting how like it was so in, like impossible to make any sort of progress in the player class. And also like classes weren't even really established when the game started. So many things just had to be discovered by players it's like how do I unlock this class that I don't even know if it's a class, but I'm just assuming based on my preconceptions of what this sort of game is like this game has to have like some sort of advanced magic classes. So they'll do like dumb shit like uh meditate underneath a waterfall for several days <laughs> in the game of course like not even what are you getting from that yeah i i don't know it's like that's like when like the dark souls people will like just punch every single wall on the times. off chance that they're right yeah yeah on the off chance that they're right and it's like oh it was a fake wall i knew it i haven't just been punching <laughs> every fucking wall in this game for hours <laughs> For no reason. I didn't just go online and look at a walkthrough to see if I'd missed any faked wa fake wall. No, I spent six hours <laughs> of my life punching every wall in the game a hundred times. Yeah, that's like that's it's one of those like gameplay features where like the moment you tell somebody the game is ruined, mm. 
because that's just all they're gonna do like rolling in zelda you could like just get on you can get on your horse you could run like a, like a normal link or you could just fucking roll or backstep even yeah, worse once people flip. discover the backstep it's like <laughs> yeah no it's like then then you don't even like you are not even looking forward at in, in like the developer intended direction anymore like the rest of the game is just played backwards mm. <laughs> because it's faster right yeah that's what people care about <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what what else did we have like mira wanders into i don't know like their workshop or something but it's abandoned of course because the summoner class that mira plays nobody wants to do because it's such a pain in the dick to actually get to be sufficiently good at it to make it worthwhile now that the game is real life it's far too difficult for any like you know, real mm -hmm. person, real flesh person who exists now mm -hmm. to be a summoner. And it wasn't that popular when it was a character class in the game. And now that uh, all of the, the functionality of logging in and clicking around for a few hours has been taken out, nobody wants to do it. I love that one detail where there's like, there's a player mount that everybody bought on, on the cash shop where you could like just throw all your items in there. And then the moment that the video game became real, the mount is gone. So all their items are gone. <laughs> That's the one that's the one good thing I will I'll give I'll give this book cuz like the rest of the humor in it is like is it just it's like the lightest joke possible that they can make most of the time and they just drag it on forever. Yeah, once you you have seen every single joke that they make in this and real real light novel humor too. Ava reference or like you know all of the the kind of force firm stuff with her like guys you keep dressing me up in exquisite gothic lolita outfits how embarrassing yeah yeah fuck you mira <laughs> who wouldn't be excited to like wear some immaculate goth lolly yeah that's so weird there's so many descriptions of like her perfect naked body or like something will happen and like the maids will come in to bring her breakfast and they'll see her ass and stuff like that. See, like this is this is the part this is the part where, like, where the book like really just disconnected with me because you know if like your average gamer, your average like top percentage gamer got transported into a fantasy world, you know they were they were the like the old wizard before and now they're like the perfect girl. They're being like like Mira is being super respectful about her own like nudity and right and like just blushing and then like her, her like big titty onesan friend was all like yeah i just went to town just pranked hog like mad like mad like fuck like that was all all i could do like come on come on it's like it's it's two different sides right it's like here's here's one who's like very <laughs> very like just dainty and embarrassed and then there's this other character who's like yeah just complete blur that whole like month yeah just getting getting adjusted to my new body <laughs> massive toss off for one month i i really i really don't like it when someone writes a fantasy novel and there's a, they like invent cars or whatever they invent firearms i i'm sorry to keep yeah that was this, weird i really honestly like i'll i'll give you i'll give you credit on this one normally i'll just say like what are you even on about but this one time it's like it just gets dropped on you i think it's supposed to be perhaps a reference to something like Final Fantasy XIV, where there's just like special mounts that you can buy that have like no connection whatsoever to the general vibe of the game, like completely clash with the aesthetic. But because it's a paid mount and it's often like a tie in with something else related to like Square or, you know, 
one of their partners, uh, it's in the game. And now you have to deal with this eyesore that like breaks your immersion. Yeah, and I think there's it always just says to me like a general lack of interest in why you would write a fantasy story or what the good points of a fantasy story are. Um, the verisimilitude, right? Yeah, verisimilitude. Well, it's not even a verisimilitude question. It's like, if you aren't interested in any of the things that make a fantasy story a fantasy story, why are you writing one? It's a very, like, you know, like World of Warcraft blizzard thing where they just have pure contempt for the the concept of storytelling <laughs> or like mm. um fucking uh what the hell was it called the adventure zone where the idea that you would have a cohesive well-realized setting just goes out the window <laughs> the thing is is that like people who like fantasy novels want you know we want to read characters traveling we want characters to get hard cheese and bread out of their sack we want them to hide in a corpse like that's all of the stuff that's that's fun to us you know people fighting with swords and and bows and arrows is cool people fighting with maces and lances and spears and all of that stuff and and shields and armor that is cool that is so much cooler than people fighting with guns and if you don't think so you probably aren't a fantasy fan all right got a got a got a nice rant out of you uh, I, on record I don't, on I, record here I, we go it really annoys me it really really annoys me and i <laughs> i just i love i love fantasy man i love fantasy so much so that's your sticking point with it's one of, uh, one of the many. Mine is just that it's kind of boring. Uh, it is, yeah. Very like, very wonky. Very little of like, basically nothing of consequence happens. Uh, she gets reborn into this world as a girl, but as like the most powerful person and in good standing with like the king who rules over everything, who's an old guildie of hers for back in the day. And everything that happens, they just kind of brush off like it's nothing. There's there's just so so little consequence, so little struggle, so little of anything that would give this story some some weight, some spice to it. Kind of a weird choice uh, to publish this one of like all all the light novels that get written. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what, what, what would be the appeal of getting this one out. Well, I think I might have an answer there. Randomly, I came across this online, and I would say that this is the most affecting thing the author has has written. Certainly, the most affecting thing that they've written that I have read, and I would like to share it with you now, if that's okay. Yeah. So this is the afterword to one of the volumes. I'm not sure which one it is, but let me just read it here. That brings us to the afterword. First, I'd like to thank everyone involved in this publication. Of course, that includes everybody who bought and read it. Thank you so much, really. Because of you, I think I'll be able to eke out a living this year. I hope I can do that again next year. My fate's in your hands, everyone. My ultimate goal is to eat at restaurants whenever I want to. To be able to get hungry while I'm out and not have to remember what I have at home and formulate a plan based on that. To enjoy a lovely meal at whichever place catches my eye. Don't you love the thought of being a familiar face at a restaurant? As such, if this book sells well, I want to buy KFC for Christmas this year. As I write this, it's October 28th. I barely have two months to make it happen. Imagining what I'll eat on Christmas gets me giddy. I'll still be alone, as always, but I just love the atmosphere of Christmas. And that... 
really affected me. Uh, you know, I've I've been I've been very very poor and very very hungry myself, uh, and I've done some stuff that I'm not super happy about to get out of that situation. And we might not have liked this book very much, but I genuinely, genuinely hope that the author of this is able to go out to a restaurant whenever they want. And I don't Mm. regret or resent the money that I spent on it. But having said that, it's not as if I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it very much, and I'm really sorry, and I hope that everyone in your life accepts your gender expression, uh, because I certainly do. But I think that you, Mm. you know, why did they write this? They wrote this because it was a good opportunity for them to make a little bit more money and to to try and help themselves out. Uh, Yeah, so... Worse than Grimgar, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I got through this one pretty easily. I, like, made a pot of tea and uh, you know what? sat you know there what? for an afternoon and, and got through I don't know if I would say that it's worse than you know Grimgar. What? You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Here, like, if, if, the author, if the author of this book has actually, like, clenched their teeth and sat down and listened to this whole thing, I got... I got good news, actually. This is not worse than Grimgar, and I just remembered why. Just remembered why. There are no slurs in this book. Oh, yeah, not a single one. No usage one. of slurs in this. Yeah. Not a single one. Credit credit to the author of, uh, of Pupil. You're not worse than Grimgar. I, I think I kept expecting something to happen in the book. I was sitting there reading it, and I was like, all right, well, something's going to, like... All right. Well, after this, oh, after they yeah. get this bit of exposition <laughs> out of the way, like that's when that's when we're gonna find out what's pushing the plot forward. And I got to the end of the book, and it and it hadn't happened. Yeah, there was like there was a moment where I was trying to like pin down what sort of genre the book was in, and there was like a moment where I was like, oh, maybe it's like psychological horror. Maybe maybe things are just gonna start getting real weird and spooky. Uh, and then of course that never happened. So we're just kind of left with this book that tells you of some events in the life of Mira and then it ends but not before explaining how a pen can be magically imbued with the sort of qualities that require it to be put in the metaphysical that it requires to be put yeah 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 military attacking stuff is like a a medium sized red flag I would say like the military attacking stuff really that just that also came out of nowhere so I think we I think we've said everything we can, right? Yeah, um, trans rights and fuck J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry we didn't like your book very much. I mm-hmm. I really did want to like this one, and I didn't find much there for me to enjoy. But uh, if it's helping you out, and if people people like it a lot, that's good, and I'm 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 happy for that. Would de- <laughs> can't get away from the fact that it's pro- it's in the the lower tier of books that we've read, especially coming off of Are You Okay with a Slightly Older Girlfriend, which both of us liked a great deal. It's one of the highlights of yeah, this wow. show so far. Man, the whiplash <laughs> you talk- going from that book to this <laughs> do one. Want, do you want to talk about that book again? Do you want to just read that first volume again and have another show about it? Because I think I have more to say. Well, there's volume that. two on it. There's a volume two on it. Yeah. <laughs> final thoughts wrapping up my final thought uh actually this is um this is more for all the bookworms on discord in the book club channel don't come at me <laughs> saying that it gets better in volume two oh, don't uh whatever don't do it you, don't I, do it I, I mean whatever 
what torturous novel could you possibly be referring to? <laughs> this one. This one. This one. Not. No, 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 no. Did you think I was actually referring to slightly older girlfriend? No, no. no I talking, thought you were talking, I'm talking about, about people. Um, Torture Princess. Oh, that's the last one that people were telling us gets better in volume two. You actually read some of them. Did you read volume two on that one? No, I was saving it for the show. Uh, okay, me either. So, but people, I think, have said it gets better. Uh, yeah, that's the one that we have gotten the most pushback on. Uh, that's the one where people told us over and over again the first volume isn't particularly representative. Which is good, because that first volume had some issues, which I'm glad get ironed out going on. This one, mm... No one was out here making a case for Clockwork Planet, but Torture Princess is one that people, <laughs> people had opinions on. Yeah. This one, uh... Generally speaking, like, yeah, we don't, like, actively dislike books very often. Yeah, unfortunately, I guess this, this, I guess this one, one, this one, yeah, this one does go in that pile of shame. And then there's other books that, like, completely slide over us, like, not, not much of a take on it. We'll just, like, give some polite criticism, lightly praise the things that didn't go very badly. <laughs> and then sometimes you get a slightly older girlfriend where we're just, like, hooting and hollering amazed wolf howls like completely bald feet stamping on the floor fist banging on the desk go read that one seriously that that one was really good really really (laughs) really really good yeah yeah final word is go 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 listen to our last podcast (laughs) and go read that book We've read so much good stuff for this show. We've had so many wonderful surprises. And this one, I can't say, is really worth your time. Unless the fantasy of turning into a different gender and then having everything be okay for you and everyone in your life really love you and support you. Maybe that's what you want to read. Maybe this is the book for you. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't like, the book I want to read that. I want to read that, but I want to read it. But I, it has to be good. Somebody can do that book, but good. I'll be interested in reading it. Anyway, we're going to read another book about a little girl whose life I think is maybe bad, maybe okay. I don't know. You just kind of threw this one on me like five seconds before we started. (laughs) We are going to read Moon Empire. I've heard a lot of good things about this one. I can't say I'm familiar with specifically what it is, but based on all of the positive press around it, I think it's going to be a good time. I think we're going to enjoy it. It would be hard for us to like it less than... Uh, fucking whatever the fuck this one was called. Yeah, all right. I guess we're going to put this book away for good. Uh, and then we're going to go into the section where we do a bit. We're going to do, <laughs> we're a, gonna bit. do a bit a corner. for you. A corner, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're going to do a corner for you now. Oh, would you like to go first, David Australia? My dear, dear friend. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, do you want to tell people what this corner is? Oh, yeah, that's prob- that might be a good idea. Thank you. Uh, this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is The Recommendations, where we take something we've been enjoying recently that is not a light novel, so that you can have a more well-rounded experience of mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. David Australia, what have you been enjoying recently? So there's this band that I like that I wasn't expecting new material to come from because the vocalist died like over 10 years ago. But I found out like some point in March, they put out a album of recordings of a live session. So I've been a fan of this band called Broadcast for a while. They're, they're like, um, how would I, how would I describe them? They're like an electronic rock band in, in a way, but the sort of music that they do it's not like radiohead it's like kind of depressing and lonely but also a sense of like 
warmth and intimacy to it as well uh, with like a lot of spooky electronics so i really like a bunch of the music that they put out but i'm like i'm not a like a live music type of person like on like a recording uh just because i feel like there's so many elements where like that sort of thing can get botched and then you're just like stuck listening to like a badly mixed just live playthrough of some songs that you know yeah i'm not a big fan of the live recording either this though this is like that like really rare gem where it's like suddenly it's like it actually contributes more (laughs) to the songs that i already know pretty well so it's just called like the made of l sessions which i think it's like a bbc thing and the recordings there is like whoever put this together like really knew how to put like really knew how to like capture a band like the sound quality on this thing is unbelievable i almost couldn't believe that they were just like live sessions at the week that they put this thing together and they really do like run through almost all the hits they don't i think this was recorded before they did like their really like their like best album tender buttons but the songs that they do cover in here, they like they they basically just cover all the ones that I like I liked from all like their earlier stuff. And you know, like now now I like I really get like that sense of being alone and antisocial that was always in the music. But now like hearing it like performed live, like it's like whoa! Now it's now it's like it's just like it's, it's a different element to something that I'm already pretty familiar with, which I appreciate because I didn't. I wasn't really expecting anything more from this band after the uh, after the vocalist passed away. I was just thinking like, damn, that's it. That's the end. So having something like this drop like so many years later is like, wow. Anyway, that's my recommendation. Go check out Broadcast. They're really cool. That sounds fantastic. That sounds really, really, really interesting. I, I love the story behind it and the idea of the music is really appealing. Um, I'm also recommending music. I have an unqualified recommendation for this AGBC, everyone. Aren't you happy? I mm. have been really, really, really into Ginger Root recently. I'm a bit late to the party on this. Ginger Root is the main musical project of a guy from LA named Cameron Liu. He, he oh god, how do I even describe? So he describes the music as aggressive elevator soul, which I think kind of sums it up. It's it's very retro inspired, but it's also very much his own thing, his own take on it. It's very iterated upon. Uh, and you can kind of go online and, like, watch him go from, like, garage rock to doing, like, like dream pop and, and kind of making his new sound that he has now. I think his music's gotten big because people have kind of been watching the music videos which are always really funny and I think that that does all of his albums like a really big disservice. I I think describing them as elevator gets at the idea that it's it's very synth heavy it's very kind of what our parent generation probably would have thought of as disposable but the the lyrics of them the the songwriting is always gently heartbreaking it it is really just someone who really cares very very hard about every part of the music making process up to making really interesting music videos and he's genuinely funny i feel like when a lot of bands try to be funny it kind of falls flat and i think 
it's something of a shame that he's getting a lot of attention for the mu- like an okay go kind of thing where people like watch the music videos but aren't really paying attention to the music uh i can't say enough good things about it i i could really just have an entire podcast where i talk about ginger root specifically aggressive elevator soul i think when you ask most bands to describe what kind of music that they make they say stuff you know they'll say like oh we combine the fun and rebellion of early rock and roll with the lyrical qualities of frederick nietzsche and then you listen to it and they just sound like fucking powder finger or whatever (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i can't recommend all of his albums enough it's it's really really just just speaks to me and it's nice to see someone being a weirdo in this era where old recordings outsell new recordings and every record company even like indie labels are like i'll go make go make tiktok music go make like 20 seconds of music that's gonna gonna go viral on tiktok you know and cameron's really out here doing his own thing it's 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 the man is very familiar with retro grooves including like terminally online music for mouth breathers like city pop and and stuff like that but he's he's out here making his own stuff it is it is inspiring to me to see someone who is really as we say on the woo small bean video game stream making you this music by the hand job wow <laughs> well if you want an explanation for whatever the fuck that means go check out twitch.tv slash small bean <laughs> Uh, where we stream video games. We mainly stream the Megami Tensei franchise, but uh, who knows? We might stream a game that isn't made by Atlas at some point. Uh, follow me <laughs> on Twitter. Not with Persona coming onto Steam, so... <laughs> <laughs> follow me on Twitter, at Live in the Wired. Send me a message to say hey. Engage with my posts. Do all that good stuff. Join the Engage AG Discord. Engage with my posts. Yeah, engage with David's posts as well. Go join the AG Discord, I guess. I don't know how to tell you to do that. That It's not like anygamers.com. I don't know how to link it. Yeah, I'm sure if you dig it's around, not a web page. you can find it. But it's it's definitely there. we got a Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash anygamers. And if you sign up, you can listen to anygamers book club. Try to write a night light night. Ah! Ah! You can listen to Any Gamers Book Club try to write a light novel about Ryamu from Idolmaster. It's every bit is soul destroy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta go get cracking. Uh, the unvarnished, an unvarnished portrait of the creative process. If that sounds like your kind of thing, but even if you don't yeah, well, give any money to the Patreon, um thank you anyway thank you for listening thank you for putting up with this and we really do appreciate it is that everything that's all, that's all that we got yeah yeah i think that's uh i think that's mm. everything um sorry we didn't like your book very much better better luck on better luck on the next series anyway well until next it's time it's about the end so now it's the part where we tell people stay valid took you a little while but Yes, correct. I was Stay valid, people. Stay valid, Stay valid, everyone. No, no, no. I yeah, there we go. Cut it. Cut it here. Cut it here. Right, it's done. 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 <laughs>